Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthie. Holden, it's not a good sign that the day after the Super Bowl, you're not even hungry until like 6 p.m. I think I lost track lost track of uh, or last count of cookies after like six or seven. Oh uh, my gosh! Yes, yeah, very good. I made a haul last night. Good on the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Jr. winning the Super Bowl. Is that who you were rooting for? Yes, I was vote. I was voting for the Chiefs. I was voting <laughs> for them and rooting for them as well. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I was watching it. Did not care. Did not have any skin in the game. Um, was just there for the uh, the commercials. I was so. excited for the Breaking Bad commercial, and I I the one commercial I missed was the Breaking Bad commercial. I was like, <laughs> what is that? Cause I still haven't even seen it. So it's probably one of the better ones. It was pretty funny, um, but I, I was kind of disappointed overall with the commercials. It is like the last five to ten years, the commercials have absolutely gone down the, into a dumpster <laughs> fire. I yeah. swear, like, the, like I know it's like well back in my day, but honestly commercials super bowl commercials 15 years ago were so much better well i was yeah. even a kid then too like like some of the humor that probably other commercials went over my head yeah well yeah i know we're on a tangent here right away at the start of the podcast but um yeah it's it's literally just throwing a lot of celebrities uh me and jo- shout out to joe lust uh we were watching some of the super bowl together um and we were playing the guessing game it was like this, the ad starts and how long does it take you to figure out what the ad is actually for like yeah <laughs> it's there was like a any Serena other williams alcohol one <laughs> yeah like, yeah in any other context that would be bad marketing but because it's super bowl like everyone's watching it anyway so it doesn't matter just get famous people so then people will remember the famous people ad shout out to tubi tv for having a weird rabbit hole commercial yeah and then the one where it opens up the tubi tv interface and uh, you know, inevitably millions of people are like, what's going on with my TV? We did. We did that. Yep. We freaked out. Emily's sisters did. Emily's sister did, but everybody else actually <laughs> caught on. I was pretty impressed. Oh, nice. they're like, it's just the commercial, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, those are good. I like how it came back. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I think it peaked when it was the Tide ad commercial. Yeah. Honestly, well, the t- it's, it's a Tide ad was, I think the peak of Super Bowl commercials and it has not been the same. Well, and, and that's, and the Tide ads were making fun of exactly what I was just saying. Like it, it's just like random, something random. And then, oh, no, it's a Tide ad. Yeah. <laughs> like, Anywho, yeah, that was that's great. our Super Bowl commercial talk for the year. Can't wait till next year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have a great episode for you this week. Uh, featuring our reviews of The Last of Us Episode 5, as well as The Banshees of Inisherin, Oscar-nominated. That one movie podcast. Tomp. But first, Jimmy, we have to do the Toms. I suppose so. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms, 
Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Holden, first trailer we're talking about this week is what? Let's do The Flash. The start Flash. Off, start off with a bang. Um... Yeah, obviously the Flash has had quite some controversy behind it because of its star Ezra Miller. We've we've covered it quite extensively on this podcast, uh, but it's the new DC movie featuring the superhero of the same name. It's adapting at least partially the the popular modern DC story Flashpoint. Um, the hubbub around this is just look at all these people in it. Look at all the, these different people coming back. Look at these people in this comic book thing. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the trailer, Jimmy? Uh, Michael Keaton's in it. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. I yeah. I just... There is no way that Ezra Miller is not going to be insufferable to me throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, and that is everything that they have done withstanding. Like, you take all of that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. I cannot fathom me enjoying Ezra Miller's performance in this. I I just, it seems just like the Whedon, the Justice League cut, just in levels of insufferable. I I just am not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to Michael Keaton. I I thought it was Christian Bale on the the bat cycle for a second, the bat pod, and then I was like, oh no, it's just Michael Keaton on the bat pod. I thought it was Ben Affleck. Or is it Ben Affleck on the Bat Pod? I thought it was because it kind of looked like more his costume, but it could be okay. either. It's not. It's not Christian Bale, <laughs> regardless. <laughs> um, no, I totally agree on the Ezra Miller thing though, because I just, I mean, even in the the Snyder cut, like Ezra Miller was one of the worst, <laughs> like the most insufferable parts of that movie. It wasn't. It like sure, Joss Whedon did tone it up quite a bit, but it wasn't just his fault. Like, yeah. it, like it was partially just Snyder's original vision too for the character. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm not not hyped for that bit. No. So also that did like <laughs> Emily's family is like, what? I thought Ezra Miller was like canceled. They were confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. I mean. James Gunn has like said multiple times now he thinks this movie is like amazing. So I mean I'm I'm guessing like he at least genuinely believes that, I think. For this I don't no- know. I don't think he had any say so? in the matter that this movie's coming out. <laughs> so Maybe. I think this movie will be fine. It, it yeah, it okay, I will admit the trailer looked better than I was expecting. I mean, even I was getting a little swept up in the excitement. I, but like taking a step back it's just a lot of the cg looked pretty wonky i thought like like the supergirl cg especially looked oh my bad. gosh that looked horrible like, that looked no, like i mean tv that, 2011 cg yeah <laughs> which is weird because this movie has like such a high budget and whatever i mean uh, interested to see like what they do with supergirl because we really haven't gotten that in a live action form since the 80s um until they're just making another one. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows if they even use the, the same actress. Um, Michael Shannon's back is Zod. 
Okay, that's right cool. for that movie I never watched. Yeah, Michael Shannon's a good actor, and he was hamming it up in that movie. But I don't really care about Zod at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I I think part part of the reason why I'm not more hyped for this movie is because the even like say that we weren't getting the James Gunn reboot of this series. This seems like just such a weird story to have at this point in the universe, right? Like, it doesn't feel like there's been enough for there to be, like, this big... It kind of feels like like Avengers Endgame, right? Like, that mm-hmm. had that had a lot of callbacks and was able to draw from a ton of movies because there were, like, double the amount of movies at that point. But Flashpoint, it's like, well, they're not going to take from Suicide Squad stuff, probably. They're probably not going to do Shazam because that seems pretty standalone. Like, the, you have, like, half a dozen movies that you can bring stuff from. It just... It's... I don't know. A weird I don't know. Time. I think it, I feel like it's more of a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness than anything. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I more guess more than an Avengers Endgame or whatever. In my opinion, just looking at it, I'm like, oh, I, and I don't think Multiverse of Madness was all that good. <laughs> so, um, and I don't think this looks all that good. So I'm gonna give it a Bergeron leaning Bombadil, honestly. I think I'll give it a Bergeron. We'll see. I'm more interested I than think I was. James but Gunn still. is a liar. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> you know, for his sake, I hope it's good. I, I do too. Um, James Gunn is lying. <laughs> he does not. He's not like, oh, this is the. He's like, Gunn, there, there are Warner Brothers executives with laser sights pointing at me through their sniper <laughs> rifles. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, other trailers oh and by the way all of these trailers that we're covering they pretty much aside from the last one we'll talk about they all have super bowl spots too and they're all like the trailers are mostly the same but the super bowl spots all have just like a little bit different in them it's very bizarre i don't know why it's not just a shortened version of this trailer but i don't know who knows Uh, hold on yeah anyway uh guardians of the galaxy volume three um speaking of james gunn uh, we've got his final Marvel movie coming out. We talked about the first trailer a month or two ago, however long that was. We got a f- new full-length one, um, more in-depth look at the movie. What'd you think of it, Jimmy? Uh, looks good. I mean, what's the what's the bad guy's name again? High Evolutionary. High Evolutionary. Yeah, I think he'll be good. Um, Played by the Peacemaker guy. Can't wait. Yeah, Mern. Clemson Mern. Mern. Yeah, he was good in that. So. Um, yeah, he was. And a uh, what was I gonna say now? Uh, Rocket looks like it's just gonna be a sad time. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> just looks really sad all around. Um, yeah, the weird tension between Star Lord and and uh, Go- oh, not Go- what's her name? Nebula. Uh, Nebula. Yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> and um, I don't. Well, at the end of the trailer, they show them carrying Star Lord's body. So it's not star lord unless it's reverse reverse psychology and it is star lord hmm. who dies in this drax is dead i think he, raccoon will live and i do well i thought star lord would die until they showed him like in their arms so now i don't think he's dead i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know um it, it but i agree with you i mean the tone of the trailer it's like very i mean there's a lot of action and everything but it, there's just like the sense of sadness over the whole thing which i mean i think is you know partially just because this is the last time we're getting 
at least a James Gunn version of these characters. Some of them might pop up again, but um, a lot of them, it's going to, it's going to be their last one, I think. Um, but yeah, you're right. Trax is probably dead. Um, it, it feels weird because the, like the story, I mean, what little we know, it seems so hyper-focused on the high, high evolutionary stuff. Like the, the Adam Warlock stuff, I don't really know how that's going to factor in, um, since that's kind of a, a thread from the previous movie that's coming back. I hope it's not just like a like a Marvel executive is like, you need this in your movie kind of thing. <laughs> you need something. to have Adam Warlock. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, uh, looks looks fun. Uh, the Oh, I did want to mention the... the <laughs> Look, like, looks sad. Looks fun. <laughs> Those are mixed messages, Holden. I, I think, I, I it, think looks it looks sad. both. <laughs> I think it uh, looks mainly sad. Um, the pink planet they go to looks like the one from the game. Oh, yeah. That's what I, I thought it was like. That looks like the first planet you go to from the game. Um, but yeah, looks... I'll go interesting. That's like a middle ground. Looks interesting. I think uh, it looks good. I'm going to give it a Brokaw. I will also give it a Brokaw. Excited for Cosmo the Space Dog. That's right. I forgot about Cosmo the Space Dog. Yeah. Um, And then the next trailer we have is Fast X, Jimmy. Fast 10. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be one of those guys who says X when it's supposed Fast to be 10. Fast X. Well, I, I feel like they'll they'll probably say both. Um. Were you like one of those people who said, oh, I'm going to go out and get the iPhone X? Yes, I was oh, one of those, older. even though I never got one. Um, mm. But no. <laughs> Fast 10, uh, the newest Fast and Furious film. Um, yeah, I mean, the trailer that came out for this is like almost four minutes long. I know. Insane. I was like, I because I was watching them all before the podcast. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then like immediately it's like, you built such a big family holding this movie looks terrible oh my gosh dude i mean i'm so i'm so excited for this movie looks so bad jason momoa looks awful so (laughs) horrible it's like the opposite of the dark knight the fast and furious franchise it's like you either die the villain or you live long enough to see yourself become the hero because that's what it is at this point (laughs) <laughs> it is that is true ridiculous. every villain at this point i can't just... wait for jason momoa to join the team who is gonna be the villain like satan like i don't yeah <laughs> that's well yeah because now next. we have they're going john to hell C- john cena's on the team jason statham's on the team yeah i mean it's i mean even i mean uh what's her name uh cypher maybe is she I bad I- I, think I don't know. She's still I've only bad. seen one of the mainline films, and that was nine, and that was <laughs> awful. <laughs> Jimmy, I love these movies. Um, I just I cannot wait every anytime there's a new one coming out. Um, I think I think that one of the weirdest but funniest things about it is how like committed it is to its own like continuity. <laughs> like it just it constantly like will just reference events from the previous movies and it makes the new movies like borderline inaccessible. Like well like to an extent. So my understanding of the trailer is something happened in a previous movie that ruined Jason Momoa's life. Is that what Yeah. I got? It, 
Yeah, so it's the climax. It, it's it was really I laughed in the trailer because it's like the climax of Fast Five, which is um they're like dragging a giant safe, like they're stealing a safe and they're just dragging it over this freeway. Fast Five is the first one that really got ridiculous, but it's also one of the better ones. But it's it's so funny because in the trailer, Jason Momoa is just like standing there, like where the vault was pulled out, and it like. It reminded me of, there's this really funny moment, one of the only funny moments from the first Puss in Boots movie where, like, Humpty Dumpty, who's, like, the villain in it, he's like, yeah, Puss in Boots, it was me the whole time, I was always there. And it just goes back to previous parts of the movie, it inserts him in, like, at parts where he obviously was not in the movie, and it reminded me of that, just, like, inserting in Jason Momoa in this old scene. Very funny. (laughs) Weird. Uh... Yeah, no. Um, look, uh, shout out to the Coliseum in there, Rome. Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Um, the again, ignoring physics, Dom Toretto somehow gets two helicopters to fly into <laughs> each other by driving. I uh, the so it's interesting. You're it's you're gonna like laugh at this when I say this, but the director did say, and I think you can see it in the trailer to a certain extent. The trailer, the director said that there is gonna be more practical effects in this movie, and I think for any of the stuff that isn't like physics breaking, you can see that it, it looks like a lot of in camera like car flips and explosions. Oh yeah, and some stuff. real legit explosions. Definitely. Yeah, and I think I think it is like more of that than in previous movies. So that's that's at least something to like watch out for. But I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of just stuff that doesn't make any sense. And the 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 uh, it's not in the trailer, but in the Super Bowl ad, you had Vin Diesel driving down the Hoover Dam. Did you see that? That's right. I was <laughs> like, there's something that wasn't in the full length trailer. I could have sworn. I was like. I literally said, is that the Hooper Dam? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it ac- is it actually the Hoover Dam? I don't know. It's a big dam. It's it a looks big like the Hoover Dam. Dam. And I and that was incredible. <laughs> Again, they just need to save this for the movie though. Like you gotta save that for the movie. Yeah. I feel like at this point I re- like I'm not gonna watch any other trailers for this if I can help it. I think I just need to go in not seeing anything more. And I'm I'll be good. I'm already hooked on this series. I like genuinely love how stupid it is. Yeah. I mean, you know me Olden. That that fifty first well, outside the prologue, the the other the next fifteen minutes or so of Fast Nine, I was giggling like Ron Swanson when the government <laughs> shut down. I mean, I was just nonstop. And then the rest of the movie happened and it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh so We'll see. I, look, if it's just nonstop ludicrous action, ludicrous. Yes, he's in the movie. Yeah, ludicrous. <laughs> nonstop ludicrous action in more ways than one. Holden. Mm-hmm. So I will. I was gonna give it a Bombadil, so I have to give it a Bergeron because you talked me out of it. Good, good. I'm hyping it up. Yeah, I'm it giving it a Brokaw. <laughs> Vin Diesel like cannot be more full of himself though. He's like, I built such a big family and it's like boy jason momoa's line like the hardest part about having a family is choosing who gets to live or whatever i'm like this is horrible he's like dude you denied me of a family so i'm gonna tear yours apart one by one what a piece by piece it is like the most 
cliche villain dialogue. Like, if you told me this was written by AI, I would believe you. Like, ChatGPT wrote this movie. Well, okay, even in the best, quote-unquote, best Fast and Furious movies, the dialogue is, like, just terrible, but it's so funny. Like, Furious 7, which is my favorite one, has, like, one of the worst lines of dialogue I think I've ever heard, and it's, it, I laugh every time I think about it. It's, it is one of the funniest lines ever. <laughs> so, I, I think that is part of the appeal of this, of these movies for me, It's just, they, they're fully aware that they're just terrible. And they don't try at, for at least to get better in that way, and I'm I'm okay with that. I don't know. I think they take themselves too seriously. At least Nine did, which is a weird thing to say about a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, I think Nine did more so than like the previous ones. J- I, Jimmy, I think you need to watch at least the James Wan one. Watch I'm gonna that. watch five, six, seven. Eight, yeah, those are the eight. best ones. That's the best stretch right there. Five, six, seven. We'll so. see. We'll see what I five, six, seven. Yeah, that's a good sound. All yeah, right. that's enough. Fast and Furious, Fast Ten. Yes. Talks. Um, next trailer, final trailer we have. There was a Transformers thing, but whatever. It wasn't much different. I thought about having us watch it, but it was like the same stuff. Whatever. Cool. Um, but paint. This is not a Super Bowl ad. Uh, this is for some like random small movie that I got like recommended on YouTube. Um, it stars Owen Wilson, and I thought it looked interesting, so I had us watch it. Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, I, it's not Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah, it's that's Bob about Ross. all I have to say, Olden. I really didn't think much of this trailer. Okay, I I thought it looked entertaining. Um, yeah, it's he's he's playing essentially Bob Ross. Um, but not, and basically he's Bob Ross in every way, but name. Um, but he looks like he's like full of himself and he's, he's, uh, kind of abusing his fame and everything. And there's going to be like a new painter kind of coming in the scene. Exactly like Bob Ross did. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like Bob Ross. No, um, no, it just looks like a, looks like Bob Ross and he paints like Bob Ross. But his yeah, personality, true. I'm assuming, is different based on the trailer. Unless Bob Ross Yeah, is Bob a Ross big seems jerk. like a good guy from what we know. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think it looks entertaining. Could be funny. Owen Wilson's always good. Um Yeah, we'll see. Bergeron. Give it a broca. Okay, hold on. Um but actual that's- news. Yeah, actual news. Get those trailers out of here. Um, first up, this was kind of a surprise thing. We got some new Disney movie announcements. Um, some controversial, oh, at least one controversial one in this bunch. Uh, we we got some sequels. First of all, Zootopia two. I've never seen Zootopia. Have you seen it? Yeah, okay. it's Do you fine. like it. It's fine. Okay. Somehow it, I just missed it. I feel like, oh, I remember. I was going to go see it in theaters, but the day I went, like, it was packed. And I just went and saw London Has Fallen instead. Wow. So, good trade-off there. Um, and then, was, it, was it a good trade-off? No. <laughs> I don't remember anything about that movie. Um, then uh, Frozen 3, Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> They're making another one, huh? great yeah um okay slight tangent here have you heard about that frozen 2 documentary on disney plus have you watched that 
Why would I have watched the Frozen 2 documentary no. on Disney Plus? No, so okay, I couldn't remember if you had told me about it, but no, the reason I know about about it and I've heard it's good is because it's this f- Disney Plus documentary that you know like the Disney Plus documentaries are basically just fluff, but this one is like inadvertently just makes the whole movie look worse (laughs) like it apparently is like it shows like how it's trying to make it look like it was a movie that came from like nothing came from adversity or whatever like just troubled development but instead it just makes like disney look terrible with how they managed everything and like how apparently like they were like re-recording and rewriting stuff up like mere weeks before the movie came out Wow, it's like <laughs> I I haven't watched it. I've heard it's a very surprisingly scathing, probably un- unintentionally so scathing documentary about the production like, of that movie. A la Phantom or a la the beginning or whatever the Phantom Menace one is called. Yeah, yeah, similar in vain to that. I I think I'll I might actually sit down and watch it this week because I just heard about it uh, recently. Sweet. And then you can tell me about it. Yeah, I will. And then I don't <laughs> have to watch it. <laughs> um and then uh toy story 5 which is like the controversial one because why <laughs> yeah well i mean we said that about toy story 4 and that was a good movie so it was i but i just like how many more times can you do this i don't like I, like toy story 3 great ending everyone everyone pretty much liked that ending so then when 4 was announced we're like why 4 had a good ending i don't I'm not like sure how many more times they can do this. I like even if five has a good ending, I think I'll cynically just be like, "Well, why didn't you just end it before?" Like, it did not need to keep going. We've we've had this two other times before. I like Toy Story. Like, theoretically, I should be all for more Toy Story, but I don't know. I don't know, Holden. I don't feel too strongly about it because I'm not too invested in Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Um, so capitalism wins again, Holden. <laughs> uh, Bergeron for me. Uh, Frozen 2 was bad. I stand by that. I only have yeah. only seen it once, though. Frozen 2 uh, was bad. Zootopia is fine. Overrated at the time. Probably doesn't hold up very well. Like, it's okay, I imagine. Maybe it's good. I should rewatch it, I guess, before the next one. And Toy Story 4 was really good, so maybe they can do it again. And if they don't do it well again, then they'll end it because <laughs> that's yeah. how this works holden they'll end it on a bad movie <laughs> they only that only works in seinfeld where you go out on top although seinfeld finale pretty divisive i guess so yeah so it doesn't even really work there nope so i don't know what to tell you Holden. yeah I'll, I'll give these disney announcements a bergeron there we um go. jimmy Saw 10 has finished filming and the only Thank reason you for I'm not saying Saw X <laughs> I almost did just to piss you off socks uh socks um no I um the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it was confirmed that Amanda is returning from the Amanda. Pre- from the previous Saw movies which was she alive normally, and this I- I, I remember. cannot remember if she's still alive. I feel like <laughs> better she's not. watch all seven of them and eight and nine of them again. Well, only the first seven, right? You'd only need to rewatch those. So you no. really only need the first seven uh, for the continuity. <laughs> you, only, you only need the first seven. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah i i i can't remember if she dies i think she does so that probably means it's a flashback but the the main reason i wanted to bring this up is because that means we're going back to the old continuity jimmy i'm excited old continuity saw we're including tobin bell and amanda yes i hope yeah i hope it's an in-between movie that somehow just is ridiculous and is somehow not mentioned in the other things maybe it's like jigsaw goes to japan (laughs) (laughs) yeah just go to a different country that would be like what we were saying with prey prey should just be set in different time periods different places like the sequels to prey we just have saw sequels set in different countries now yeah or in different time periods yeah that too (laughs) (laughs) yeah jigsaw would have a hoot of a time in medieval times yeah oh holden frankly um as someone who just cherishes the saw franchise i mean saw seven just has such a great finale that i don't want them to you know tarnish that i don't know i'm just making fun of you for what you said about toy story okay (laughs) yeah but toy story does have a cherished finale i've literally i've actually not even seen saw 3d um which is a pretty good ending (laughs) but i have seen the ending of it which is glorious that it was like well, I guess I won't say anything. Yeah. No spoilers so, no for spoilers. Saw 7. <laughs> that movie that came out in 2010. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right, that. well, yeah. I won't say it. But it's it's as Saw as you would could could hope for, I guess. Mm-hmm. What what is the plot of those movies? Like <laughs> how many times do you need to watch those just to understand? I mean, that's got to be more convoluted than the Fast and Furious movies at this point. I will be re-watching the Saw movies before this right. comes out, which will be I my will third have, watch through. I'll have to catch a couple of them with you. All right. All right. All right. That's uh, they, Amanda's in it. Brokaw. Great. Brokaw. Um, Jimmy, we, talk, we, previ- we previously have talked about Netflix's password sharing and their new policy with that. Um, we got official pricing that the extra profiles that are that for people that are not at home are going to be an extra six dollars per month, apparently. What? Okay, I don't know. I, it's just going to cancel. <laughs> yeah, I I don't like. Who's going to want to do this? I don't know. And I, I don't understand how like these extra profiles, like are they also still limited by like the screen, like how many screens can be watching at once too? I don't understand. I don't know. And I, what happens if you download something? I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess I think for like most of those, like maybe I have downloaded on Netflix. I feel like at a certain point it just like disappears. Yeah. I think you can have it for up to 30 days and, up to 48 hours after you start it yeah and i think hbo max is similar hbo max you can download too yeah Um, something like that um i don't know but uh it's dumb i i don't think my parents are gonna pay they're gonna figure that i don't know they i use their netflix account so i'm guessing i just won't have netflix anymore and if when stranger things comes i'll just get a month of netflix and then i'll cancel again yeah (laughs) I mean, what else? You're going to miss out on Red Notice 2? Oh, no. Not Red Notice 2. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give Netflix uh, extra profile. I'll just give it a Bombadil because the whole thing is a Bombadil. So. Mm-hmm. Um, my final piece of news, Jimmy, is there's a new Spider-Man series 
in the works at Amazon of all places. Um, it's Spider-Man Noir. Oh yes, I heard about that. Yeah, uh, the series is being written by Oren Uziel. Uziel, don't know how you pronounce that last name. Uh, who is developing? Uh, or yeah, is developing the show with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So Lord Miller on board. Uh, animated movie included. Oh yeah, it's okay. I copy pasted a lot of this oh, in here because I was in a rush. Um, uh, but it's not, there's no word if Nicolas Cage is going to be on board with this or not. I mean, I doubt he would, but that would be hilarious if he it was. It would be hilarious. It'd so. make it way cooler. But um, apparently it's uh, going to be set in its own universe and separate from Sony's various other existing Spider-Man franchises, which makes sense. Um I think this has the potential to be really cool. I mean, Amazon's kind of a mixed bag with a lot of their stuff, but, um, and I mean, we already have what God of war and some other stuff coming from there too. But I mean, Spider-Man noir is like a really cool concept as far as like the different spider verse variations go. I think it probably has the most legs for like its own standalone product. Um, yeah, I, I think this could be really cool. Jimmy, what do you think? I agree. Holden. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it would be a wait and see for me. I don't think I'd watch it as it was coming out unless I sure. heard really good things. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a Broca. I'll give it a Bergeron. Sure. Uh, and that is it for news this week. Jimmy, did I miss anything that you're angry at me missing this week? Like uh, last Just week? that I texted you that John Wake 4 is like almost three hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> and what do I say about every John Wick movie, Holden? You don't. You weren't listening. I don't remember. I don't listen. To they you. are all like fifteen minutes too long. So they added like an hour to that. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm skeptical. I feel like it's gonna feel way too long. Probably. I mean, unless it's it is just like a lot of action, and I'm sure there will be obviously with that much extra time, there will be more action than previous John Wick movies. But that probably means that it'll also be more downtime. But I also think like they've they've had like one two minute like unnecessary additional action scenes in John Wick movies. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll see if, you know, what the plot is like in this one. And I'm cause... not watching it for the story. <laughs> so I like the lore in the John Wick movies. Okay. The lore that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's why I like it. It's fun. It's like Fast and Furious <laughs> in that You're way. You watch Fast and Furious for the lore? I like it. I like the continuity they have. Okay. Well, I'm going to give that a bombadil, actually. <laughs> That's too gosh darn long. I hope I eat my words on that one. Uh, I will give it a Bergeron. All right. That's all the news that I have for this week. We apologize if we missed anything. Perfect. In that case, let's move on to our review of The Last of Us Episode 5. Full spoilers uh, for The Last of Us Episode 5. Once again, also with the game up till this point um, in the equivalent chapters. Um, yeah, this is uh, kind of the part two to last week's episode four. Uh, that was kind of a lot of setup for the payoff we get in this episode. More of the Kansas City stuff. Um, flush out Henry and Sam and all of that. What do you think of this episode, Jimmy? 
I thought it was a solid episode, Holden. I thought it was pretty gosh darn good. Um, one thing that really stood out to me is I thought Bella Ramsey did a really nice job. And yeah. I think that uh, I was a little worried. Like after the first few episodes, I'm like, they haven't really shown Ellie's lighter side. And they showed a little bit of it with all the jokes in the fourth episode. And I thought she just did a really nice job in this episode, particularly mm-hmm. with her interactions with Sam. Thought that was great. I thought she really knocked it out of the park. This one, I was really starting to buy their chemistry a lot more mm-hmm. on screen. I thought they did a nice job with that. I liked her little Joel impression. That's always yeah. good. Um, <laughs> that so that that worked really well. I'm buying into their TV relationship now, and uh, I like how they've kind of added little bits to them that is not just in the games. And I think that's been an effective adaptation. Um, Obviously, like the the big character change is that Sam is deaf now in the in the show, which I think it, was a cool touch. Yeah, I couldn't even remember. You know, it's a good thing you mentioned that because I was like, I don't even know if that's the case in the game. That could, for all I know, be the case in the game. <laughs> but no, in the in the game, it's more like he's like uh, probably around like twelve, and Ellie's fourteen. He kind of seems to like have a little crush on Ellie, and he tries to act kind of cooler yeah, that's and older right. around her. That's right. Yeah, I can remember that. Yeah. Um I guess quick my my overall thoughts quickly. Um I, I this is I think the first one where I'm not as sold on it as everyone else is. Like I liked it and I'm not even sure if I can like pinpoint like gripes I have like too many gripes I have with it. I have a but, specific gripe. Okay. And maybe maybe it'll be something I agree with. But yeah, I mean, this episode's getting, like, probably the most universal praise out of all the episodes so far, and I do really quite like it, um, but I don't... Whoa, it, wait a second, Holden. Are you me? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because I'm not comparing it to the game. I'm not like, oh, this is worse than the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, this is, I... <laughs> I usually I, don't frame it that way. I just say the game is just better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a nicer way of saying it. Sure. Um, I think I mentioned last week's in last week's episode. I don't, the Kansas city part. I like, I don't really care about the Kansas city part of the game too much. The the Pittsburgh in the game or yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh in the game. It's Pittsburgh in the game, but Kansas city. Does that include the whole sewers ish storyline? I think I don't even, what is, what's the sewers? I don't even remember what happens in the sewers. The, okay. Well, you need to, well okay hold on just one of my favorite parts of the game so <laughs> maybe maybe if i am reminded the, of where they're in the, so in this episode it's just the room where mm-hmm. they're like the like the where they're playing and the playing soccer and stuff it's just a room in the tv show but in the game it's you're going through the sewers and it's this whole like complex of this kind of bunker society that existed that had all these rules and stuff and there were this notes left behind by this guy named ish and you through those notes you piece together what happened to this place and what happened to all the people and the environmental storytelling and it's really really good um yeah that does not ring a single bell (laughs) well you should replay the game because that that part's really good but anyway i aside from that maybe that part is great and i'm just not remembering it but um the other parts of the like this pittsburgh part i don't really care for it that much even like sam and henry 
like people have a lot of attachment to them in the game and for me it's just kind of i don't know they're probably my least favorite side characters if i'm being honest wow really i i always liked them a lot i always yeah i mean mean, they're still good i i don't think there's really weak characters in the game but yeah i don't know for me they i just never fully connected with that story i guess um and it's I think it's honestly I think I like them more in the show than in the game in general. I think that's could be fair. They're different. Definitely. They are different. It's it's I I do wish we had more time with them. Mm-hmm. It's just one episode where in the game you kind of have like two chapters with them. Yeah. So that's it's true. a lot it's a lot more you get more attached to them. Mm-hmm. You go through more. Whereas yeah. this, it's just the one episode, and then they're dead. <laughs> yeah, and and you do get to spend quite a bit of time in this episode with them because I mean you you have kind of it's not really a flashback, but kind of like the day or two leading up to them meeting uh, Joel and Ellie, and that's really good. That that whole section is great for just building their character, um, learning kind of their relationship, and seeing that. I mean, it, it really just builds on the fact that I mean even the fact that you find out that like Henry had sold out uh, Kathleen's brother and everything you through all of this, you find out that Henry, basically the only thing in Henry's life worth living for is Sam, which makes it all the more sad at the end. Right. Yeah. I, okay. I, I want to talk about my two gripes with this episode. Sure. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of which one's a better one to start. I, I'll start with this one. I feel like there was a lot of telling, not showing in this episode. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, I used to be this, and this is why I'm not a good guy, and this is who I was, and all that's like, okay. And, oh, I'm Kathleen, and this is why I don't like this person, and this is why I think that. And th- it's like, it's just explaining to the audience all these things. And I think it just has way less impact than actually seeing them so i think this episode could have really benefited from some sort of opening where we got more backstory of what happened i yeah i think personally i don't think the kathleen character works very well and this is why my second point i think she i i understand what they were going for and i like the concept i don't think it they pulled it off and the biggest part for me is just I didn't buy her like I get like she wants revenge but like I just didn't feel anything for her I just didn't feel any of the emotions she was feeling and I didn't really relate to them at all they just seemed kind of like oh they killed my brother so I'm just gonna be nonsensically angry about it and I like sure that's like a okay that's an emotion someone can have but as an audience member who didn't experience that with you like i didn't see that actually happen to you you're just explaining that this happened to you it it's harder for me to connect to that character and it's like oh we i'm neil Druckmann. i humanize all the characters because everything's gray it's like okay well you just said it was gray i'd rather feel the grayness of it you know and i just didn't feel it at all it was just there's this disconnect between me and and her character and i just like i I think we just needed to see more of her past. And I thought like a good example of this would maybe be like, okay, she talks about her brother and he always do the right thing or something like, well, let's see a scene where they're in conflict with each other. And he's like, you know, everybody's telling him, but he's just like 
can't he you know can't do this bad thing in order to do this greater good and she's willing to do it and then okay and then the every all these soldiers see that and that's why they buy into her and they respect her as their leader and we just didn't like see anything like that well see honestly i think i mean a lot of the pretty much all of the problems you're bringing up i think could be solved just by in having a like a single cold open scene like i maybe i think so i i just think this needed a cold open like it even if it wasn't it didn't go super in depth like you could have a cold open i don't know 10 minutes long or whatever where you maybe even if they're you know adult age you could have melon or no melanie linsky is the actress kathleen uh, if you have Kathleen um, and her brother, you know, doing something or whatever, and then, you know, time skip or maybe even just while they're doing this thing and they're having this interaction, he gets arrested. And then, you know, somehow, somehow in that that context, also Kathleen figures out who ratted him out or whatever. Like, it, it, and you could also, that'd also be great to give, I mean, melanie linsky some acting like she could be really sad you know like and show how like fedra being terrible and like yeah show this, so we feel this and we feel them and we see this revolution honestly yeah. you could like like they did a bottle episode with bill and frank they, that could have been a bottle episode and then seeing sam or excuse me henry you know <laughs> t- you know tattle or whatever turn him in whatever he said the collaborator Mm-hmm. assume that role and we go through experience and he has sam and he won't needs to provide the medicine for his leukemia i just yeah. think that i mean they did it with bill and frank and it worked out so well i and again this is one of those things where the, as a tv show you can do this where the game couldn't yeah and i just think that that would have done i mean it would have been a big risk but i'm mean, bill and frank was a big risk pulled off i wish they would have done it here too um, yeah, I mean, and it, I like, think you could add an episode to the season because, and and then it would also greater the impact of the ending of this episode, or just like add a half hour onto it, like just half hour chunk at the beginning, like you don't even need. Or a I think more episode. so in last episode, honestly. What well, like regardless, just add a ch- like you don't even need an extra episode if you don't want like a full other episode. What I'm saying is they should have added that chunk to the fourth episode. That was like oh yeah, 40, yeah, forty five minutes. Yeah, whichever. I, and I that was I also when we were like, okay, preference. these characters we're not really sure. Blah, blah, blah. And then if we had that, I actually. Like, oh, wow. <sighs> Honestly, for me, I think I would have preferred it in this episode because I think having them kind of being mysterious and like questionable motivations in the previous episode and then kind of understanding where they come from in this episode, I think that might have been more satisfying for me personally. But regardless, didn't happen either way. Um, like we, we've had episodes that are an hour and a half long, like just add another half hour <laughs> onto this episode and, you know, have that better flushing out of the of the backstories would have just made yeah. it better yeah um i agree but overall but, i do think they do a lot of things well um again they have that room that's related to the ish storyline i was hoping that we were going to get a flashback and see what happened to them as a cold open we aren't which is it is what it is i mean i think that's part of the, the game that it just works so well in the game because you're you're piecing together the story as you go through this scary sewer place with all the infected and all the environmental storytelling there it, it just is so good and what they did in the game captures the s or in the show captures the essence of that in a time efficient manner so and they showed the little drawing of of ish that one of the kids does that's in the game so that's nice 
other game references we have the savage starlight comics of course to the edge of the world and back endure and survive or whatever it is edge of the universe and back it's like endure and survive that's redundant yeah a couple of nerds a couple of nerds we got here um but yeah no i i love seeing that part of ellie and i thought belly ramsey just again killed it Mm because i've been critical of her performance before and i think she just did an awesome job yeah she's doing great um and yeah both both actors who play sam and henry fantastic they're really good really well um i was surprised so the big climactic action sequence in this was i mean it's different from the game but i was like the I just assumed like that sequence was just going to be cut and changed entirely mm-hmm. um, because of this of the sniper shooting from the window at the end of this kind of road or street or whatever you want to call it cul-de-sac mm-hmm. and I, I was just like I just assumed that was going to be cut because it's so video gamey yeah but it it's is. just <laughs> straight up in there I was like oh wow that, that this is in the game interesting and, and it's um, pretty exciting yeah, and the the way they twisted it and turned it and brought the the militia in. Yeah, well, and I mean, pretty much from the snipers uh, like scene on, it's it's a pretty thrilling episode, and the action is all pretty impressive. The effects look great. Um, I mean, when you have the militia coming in with like like just knocking the cars aside yeah. with their big like just trucks, <laughs> a la like the Inception train. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty pretty awesome um but the, yeah the and then you have the infected great and yeah the bloater looks incredible the little child infected oh the, the the little child clicker was like one of the creepier parts <laughs> it was like so un, it was so hadn't seen it before but i mean of course they exist um but it was just little and it could fit in the small spaces come after ellie and everything um it's pretty awesome um i i was like I read an article about like how they f- filmed the bloater thing. It's apparently like an eighty-pound suit, oof, like on that guy. So, not uh, you know, good for good for them, but jeez, yeah. Um, but uh, and, yeah, good good scene. Uh, the guy who plays Tommy in the games, the military guy, he gets like decapitated by. He, oh, he plays Tommy off. in the game. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Have you been watching the inside the episodes, Holden? I have not. What the heck? Uh, let's see. What else? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Kathleen gets killed by the little child clicker. She's like, I am so focused on killing Henry that I can't. I'm blind to everything else around me. Again, also just very generic theme that doesn't work for me and just makes her seem less like a person and more just like a bad, poorly written character. Yeah, I'm not like I Kathleen's like weird for me. I don't like I don't hate her character or anything. I think she's no, I like the concept. I just don't think they pulled it off. Yeah, it's it there's it's more of missed potential for me, I think. Um like I think she's serviceable for for the part of the show, but most of the rest of the show isn't serviceable. It's like really good. So It's the last of us, man. You can't have serviceable when you're adapting yeah. something. It's got to be exactly. Um, we got uh, Ellie. Ellie shivved a clicker. Good. Yep. Good I was reference. like, that's from the game. <laughs> um, 
Uh, what else? Well, we can talk about the, I mean, the ending. No, yeah, yeah, of course. The big, the big bit. Um, well, I mean, so the, um, the, the new part to that after the whole big battle was Ellie trying to heal his wound. Yeah, that was an interesting. So, like, in the, like, so for those of you who haven't played the game, uh, Ellie doesn't, so they have the discussion where they're together and, like, Sam is, like, taking inventory of, like, all their food and they start talking about, like, oh, how have you never seem afraid? And Ellie's like, oh, I'm afraid of being alone and all that. <laughs> then they start talking about, like, are infected still, like, people inside? She's like, oh, I don't think so. I think they move on or whatever. Like, you really believe that? He's like, no, I don't think so. And they have this talk about that. And then Ellie leaves the room, and then it's revealed to us as the audience that Sam is infected. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that works. And in the the show now, it plays out somewhat similarly, but then he just straight up shows her, and then she tries to heal him, which I think is, I mean, obviously, thematically, if if you know where things are going, it's like, oh, that's going to make things more complicated down the line (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i think that's a it's a i think that's a good change honestly i I like that change i like what it says for ellie's character i like how it complicates things yeah later without without saying too much and um well i mean very unsanitary holy smokes i was like (laughs) oh gosh that is a horrible idea mixing your blood i mean yeah i think well i think what you can say is it's like well i mean it starts to put some seeds into your doubt and, and some seeds of doubt, seeds in your doubt, seeds of doubt in your mind about, you know, is Ellie, you know, actually going to be able to be used for a purpose, you know? Well, but. I also think that it shows what Ellie, it feels like her greater purpose is definitively yeah. and what her aim is in life, mm-hmm. what her priorities are, which is, <laughs> that's what I was thinking more of, but I agree too that, uh, is this going to work? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, again, I, I thought that was good. And, um, Sam, uh, obviously getting shot by Henry that plays out a little bit differently too. So Henry does shoot Sam in the game too, but then he, he's like blames Joel in the game. Like you did this, you, you caused this to happen. He's like, this wouldn't have happened without you and all this. Whereas in the show, it's more like, what have I done? And, um, yeah, which makes more sense in the context of the way the show plays out. Because I mean, it is the it it's more of a much more of a equal partnership in the show. Yeah, I like would say this. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, they're they're very much like helping each other out, get to their goals. So it wouldn't make too much sense for Henry to blame Joel here. Yeah, um, and then the, of course they added scene where they buried them, and Ellie writes, "I'm sorry." Yeah, which is that was sad. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she kind of it turns into the Joel of all right, get over it. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about it, sort of thing. So interesting. I'm looking forward to the next episode because I, I don't know. Is it? It's going to be uh, Tommy's uh, place. It looks like. Yeah, that'd be. Is that what it showed in the trailer? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't watch the trailer, but yeah, that would make sense. So, cool, nice, nice. One step closer to my favorite part of the game, the winter. winter. Yeah, that is the best. That's, winter that's is coming. Easily the part I remember the most of the game. <laughs> um, and then yeah, then probably only one episode after that. So, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, any other closing thoughts or shall we move on? I don't think so. Excited for the next episode. Yep. Can't believe Holden hated that episode. All right. Yeah, on I to our it. review <laughs> of the Banshees of Inisherin. All right, uh, the Banshees of Inisharan. Um, this is Banshees of Inisharan, like, yeah. <laughs> Say it so. <laughs> Say it so. Um, this is the new movie by Martin McDonough, um, who previously made. Oh, we've both seen Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, another Oscar mm-hmm. darling. But um, he also made In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Yep. If you've seen both, those. very good. Yep. Have you Have you seen both of those? Yep, seen both okay. of them. Oh, for some reason I didn't think he had, but yeah. Well, hold on. Have you seen Seven Psychopaths? <laughs> yeah, I, I some really some reason like I was thinking you hadn't. Whoa. Okay. When did you watch that? Uh, a couple years ago. Oh. I think it's good. <laughs> anyway. I think all those matter. movies are good. Yeah, all hot very take. good movies. Um, so yeah, this <laughs> new, new movie from him, um, but... Uh, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Do you have a synopsis, Jimmy? Just like in Bruges. All right. Uh, well, I mean, these are your <laughs> here's your synopsis. Uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell are on Inisherin, and they're best. They're like two good friends, and then one day Brendan Gleeson's like, "No, I'm not going to be your friend anymore." And it's set yep. during the Irish Civil War. Yeah. So like the 20s. That's yeah. The 1923, I think it was the year, and so okay. that's that's the synopsis they just brendan gleason says i don't want to spend any more time with you i don't want to be your friend anymore kind of out of the blue and carl farrell's like well what the heck why not and that's the rest of the movie yesterday (laughs) that's the rest of the movie is this conflict of colin farrell trying to figure out what why does this guy not want to hang out with me anymore and is there anything i can do to change his mind yeah um so i for I realized I'd forgot to mention like two weeks ago I did watch this movie. Oh, I already did. You uh, had, did you tell me that? No, I don't. I don't think I had told. I like it just never came up, and I forgot to mention it on the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just kept forgetting to bring it up. But so did I you rewatch it. Yes, I I contemplated whether I was or wasn't going to. Uh, but I decided to, I, I like I was like okay I'm gonna pull this up I'm gonna like start just kind of skipping through it but then I just ended up watching the whole movie again <laughs> I was like okay um what do you think of it Jimmy I think it's a really good movie honestly yeah I think it's quite I, good I think it's one of the best movies of the year yeah I I think it's great I honestly I think it's even better the second time too like I, I wish th- I knew more about the Irish Civil War so I could understand all the nuances. Yeah. It very much feels like an allegory for things that are happening. The sense that I get is like, it's almost, it feels like it was like a a book that was written a hundred years ago Mm -hmm. as an allegory for the time that's being adapted today in like the best way possible. Like I felt like this is a book you would read in a English class and dissect it and then learn about the historical context and why it works so well except it's not a book from the time it's a modern film that's a good point because even though i i think the humor has a lot more of a, like a mo- modern sensibility to it i think for the most yeah you, i don't you're think right. it do- i think the humor actually does feel like a hundred years old and it's like a charming kind of thing like maybe it's like i a, don't it's like a 
I don't know, like just this clever wordplay a lot of times. Well, for, I, I think the reason why I think it feels modern is because it it's obviously very Irish, but it, it feels, I, I don't know, I can't speak for all Irish films because I haven't seen a lot of them, but I go back to like Dairy Girls, the, the TV show on Netflix, which is hilarious. I love that show. Very Irish, but it like the writing style is very similar. Okay. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't seen a lot of Irish comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, you're right, though. I mean, in general, the, the the script has a very kind of old feel to it. And I hadn't even I hadn't considered that before. So I, I'm glad you bring that up. It, it does feel like an old book you would read in English class. And look, when we watched the trailer for this, I was like, that looks so boring and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> and somehow it's not boring and not really i mean like there are like definitely big turns in the movie you're like oh wow this just happened yeah but a lot of it is pretty mundane <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's all driven by these these characters that you enjoy watching i mean in great performances very small cast which is nice because you're able to just spend so much time with these these few characters um but then also just the dialogue, which is pretty funny for, you know, a relatively. I mean, at Wikipedia, I think, defined the genre as a tragic comedy, which I it think really is. Probably, is. It's a tragic comedy. I would definitely say so. It, yeah, it, it, that's the best way to describe it. Um, so, I mean, there are, you know, sad bits in there, you know, depressing bits even. But it's also well balanced by a lot of good humor. Yeah. Um. You have uh, just a couple of the supporting characters. You have Carrie Condon from Better Call Saul, Mike's uh, daughter-in-law. Yeah. And then uh, she's also in Rome, um, okay. the show. It, and she's really good in this. Um, yeah, I think she's, she, she's very good. Barry Co, the Joker guy. Barry no, Barry Co, Keegan. Barry Keegan. He's in this. He's Oscar nominated, right? Yeah, I think I think every all four of the main actors in this are Oscar nominated. I feel like that's I mean it was it was a good performance, so I was like there wasn't that much range to it, I thought. I was like I was surprised that he got nominated for an Oscar for that performance. Like he was good. Mm-hmm. But I was just like I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's a performance that I think I wonder I wonder if it's partially just like I mean he's he's been a well-renowned actor as of late and he hasn't received a nomination so here he is in this well-regarded movie let's give him a nomination kind of thing and he is very good but I mean yeah the other characters just have so much more range to them I can understand the other three a lot more for sure yeah but uh yeah no performance is really good all around Colin Farrell's first Oscar nom which is crazy that that is crazy wow I did not realize that. (laughs) It's just weird that he's never had an Oscar nom before. He's he's always just pretty great. Um, And he is very good in this. He's like, he is, for some, I mean, granted, you have this in In Bruges. And his characters in both movies are kind of similar because he's very good at playing, like, just kind of a pathetic little guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's Like, like so it's it's just so sad to watch yeah. him throughout i'm like you just feel so bad for this guy who's like <laughs> not done anything and his best friend just abandons him and you just like 
man, this stinks. Yeah, him. just like a bunch of like things start happening and happening to him throughout the movie. Like it, it all kind of starts with that that moment, which pretty crazy how quickly the plot gets moving in this. It's oh, like yeah. right away. It's like, yeah, they don't waste any time. There's not even like, oh, established that they're friends. And then it's like, no, we just like, oh, I'm down to the pub. And oh, you what? Why aren't you sitting next to me? And I kind of I kind of like that we don't see them as friends because it, it leaves it more up to the imagination. Like like we have both perspectives of like, obviously, Colin Farrell thought everything was OK. Everything was fine. Um, and we won't spoil, you know, exactly why. Um, Brendan Gleeson decided not to be friends or whatever but Colin Farrell thought everything was fine and dandy from his perspective and then Brendan Gleeson did not feel that way on his end and so you kind of we don't actually get to see it but instead we just kind of hear both sides and kind of imagine for ourselves what it might have looked like and I kind of like that yeah Uh, I thought this is a very pretty movie yeah yeah I mean I think it's I mean, a lot of movies set in the Irish kind of countryside are pr- very pretty, despite their kind of drab, um, relative, uh, relatively drab, uh, like terrain. But yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I just think it's very well written, well shot, well paced, and well acted. Good score. Good, good. Uh, yeah, complimentary score. Um, Carter Burwell did it who he's done I think he did three billboards but he's also like a big collaborator with the Coen brothers he did the Fargo score and stuff he's he's really good at like minimal minimalist scores and it's on point here yeah I just thought this was all around really solid and uh, more entertaining than I thought it was gonna be like, mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be a drag, <laughs> and it was not, and it was well done, and I just was like, wow, that was a really good movie. So yeah. So, that's all I have to say about it. I don't think it's for everybody. Like, uh, I'm not going to, like, rush out and tell people, but if you're interested in, like, Irish history at all, if you just like Colin Farrell or Brendan Gleeson, if you liked In Bruges, mm-hmm. check this one out. If you like Martin McDonough's other films check this one out i would say yeah it's the most like it's the most like kind of calm for the most part out of all of his movies um but it certainly i think you know if you like his other movies you certainly will like this one um on second watch i think i liked it more because instead of like trying to figure out where it was all going i was able to just kind of like focus more on the honestly very funny dialogue i keep mentioning it and i might mention like certain lines like in spoilers but there were like some parts on the second watch i was laughing at that i didn't remember (laughs) laughing at the first time so it was just kind of nice to be able to focus on that but um yeah i think for me this movie i probably give it a nine out of ten nine point five it's pretty close to a ten i don't think it's it's quite there for me just because I'm, I'm not even sure i can explain not a blow why. your socks off yeah thing. it won't blow your socks it's nothing like too revolutionary but it doesn't really need to be um but yeah i mean heck even if you just like you know a nice dramedy i mean watch this it's pretty i think it's pretty accessible just maybe not for everyone so yeah yeah. it might be a little slow for some people but maybe yeah maybe i kind of i i i just like it though i just thought it was just a really good movie 
Yeah. So if you just like well-made, like if you can appreciate movies that you're like, wow, that was technically well done and performances mm-hmm. and all that, and you enjoy that, then yeah, just watch it. It's going to probably win an award or two. So yeah, check it, it has out. has a good shot at Best Picture, I think. Yeah. I really like it. And Martin McDonough has not made a bad movie yet. Somehow. No. He's uh, I keep forgetting about him, but he probably is one of my favorite directors just in terms of consistency. So, yeah. Good on him. So good on him. Like the like. All right. Shall we dive into spoilers, Holden? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this very Irish movie. Um, it is kind of surprising how much there is to spoil about this too. Cause as you mentioned, the trailer does look very, you know, mellow, not much is happening. I mean, I don't you know, remember the trailer at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just remember your reaction to it. Cause I was like, I think this movie looks like it could be good. And you're like, ah, it looks boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all i remember well i'm saying. glad to be wrong olden <laughs> um but yeah i guess i guess like the big thing that you know you can spoil towards the beginning of the movie is is the reason why brendan gleason um decided to kind of break things off with colin farrell um which is just that colin farrell is boring basically <laughs> yeah and he's like, I want to spend, instead of spending time with you, I could, I like, he says like, spending time with you is wasting time. Mm-hmm. Instead, I could yeah. s- write music mm-hmm. and pursue other things that will have, you know, art, which will yeah, have a wants, legacy. Wants to leave some sort of mark on this world. Um, and it's, it, I, I think like, that's like <laughs> Talking almost about like, your horse poop or whatever. Donkey poop shows so much you were donkey. listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, Keep yeah. It clean, all, Holden. Yeah, I was about to say the word. About. I was about to say the word, um, but yeah, it's it's almost like the worst way for him to like break things off. And I mean, he mentions later on, like I didn't go about it the best way or whatever. But even just like like the worst reason, because it's not even like they did like they got in a fight or anything or something came between them it's literally like no fault at all of colin farrell's really <laughs> he's like, just blindsided by it yeah and he's just it, it's just because brendan gleason finds him boring like that's so sad <laughs> like it's and he just decided he was boring mm-hmm. yeah it's it's this it's really like a breakup movie, like in a lot of ways. I should have mentioned that non-spoilers. And it's, I mean, obviously a, a breakup of, of best friends rather than a romantic relationship or anything. But it it still can apply to both, I think. It's just like one side can be like completely blindsided or whatever. And then there's there's a lot of like bargaining and stuff that happens from maybe the blindsided side. It's It's very interesting to see how it plays out here yeah everybody else is like why is this even happening like, yeah i don't think you just get along and then I, why don't you just leave him alone yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of interesting because at first they're more like i wouldn't say angry but they're more like wonder like inquisitive towards uh brendan gleason because it's just so far out of nowhere but then when colin farrell just keeps going everyone's just like just stop dude like stop <laughs> like you're just making things worse 
Yeah. And it's uh, hard when there's only the one pub on the island, so it's like mm-hmm. yeah, that's awkward. Yeah. I I loved like the the bartender and like just the pub crowd in general. I like I think they were some of the funniest characters. Yeah. Um there was that one scene where it was the the bartender and the one patron who they just kept like repeating each other. <laughs> like it was just like very rapid fire like I I can't I'm not sure I have an exact example of a line, but it was very very funny. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, the good humor throughout. Um Obviously, I mean, the movie ramps up when Brendan Gleeson cuts off one of his fingers. Yeah, which is just drastic. Like, <laughs> just, it feels like a very drastic move. And it's kind of the point in the movie where, like, I think that really solidifies how it's, like, both sides just seem to be, like, in the wrong but in different ways i think you could say like brendan gleason i feel like in some ways is taking things a a step too far he kind of he went about this breakup initially maybe not from the 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 best way or whatever um even if he has you know honest intentions about it um and then colin farrell obviously just kind of becomes obsessed with it and kind of like takes all the wrong lessons from like every interaction he has (laughs) he does not he cannot get a hint yeah it's just so like both it's even I though loved, Colin, like that towards the end of the movie he's like what did you do this time uh, what's his name uh what's what's colin farrell's character's name uh podrick podrick podlin or something Pollen. isn't it podrick it's not podrick it's like is it podrick i don't know it starts with a p i'll just look it up keep talking Parik or something. I, oh yeah, Par. I think it is Parik, but spelled like Padrick. Okay. Yeah, Parik. <laughs> He's like, what'd you do this time, Parik? Well, I thought everything was going fine until he cut his fingers off. It's <laughs> 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 just like that. Thought that was funny, and then when he's like. It takes two to tango. He's like, I don't want to tango. You were just dancing with your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that too, but like, yeah, just like the little jokey dialogue like that and yeah i just thought that a lot of it is just sad but then you have just this funny dialogue throughout and uh just as it's i don't know it's just entertaining to watch and And, um go go ahead i was just gonna say and clearly like brendan gleason even though he's like he's you know going about it just kind of cutting him off cold cutting off cold turkey or whatever i mean he clearly does still care about pa rick um to a certain extent because i mean there, there's a few scenes i mean there's there's the one scene where he helps out Potterick after he gets punched by the policeman um kind of starts taking him home and everything and i mean even towards the end of the movie he's, he's kind of sympathetic about the donkey and apologetic about that and everything yeah. and so there's still there's still hints of that there but and you know, it just makes the dynamic all the more interesting yeah Come, come, Lonnie, son, whatever it was. Come, Sonny Larry. Come, Sonny Larry. That's a mouthful. Yeah. And I think that's all his first name because I think his last name is like, is it? It's Doherty. So it's like full first name is Come, Sonny Larry. (laughs) (laughs) He's just sitting there smoking. (laughs) Uh, the, The scenes of the confessional, too, those are great. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I wanted to mention that. Those are those are really funny. 
yeah, yeah well self in you know whatever self-infliction or whatever it was self mutilation self-mutilation that's what it was it's a sin oh oh really oh well you got me five times over then it's <laughs> <laughs> like, so good like just the candid <laughs> nature of it and <laughs> ho-hum chop my fingers off that was gross by the way just the sausages yeah yeah just the brendan little Gleason does have big meaty claws <laughs> he does yeah and i mean initially when that first happened like when he first actually cut off his finger i was like shocked because it just kind of felt like something that he like a kind of an empty threat kind of thing or just something he you know like almost like metaphorical or something like i didn't expect it to be completely literal and like he just throws it at the door i was pretty confident he was gonna chop a finger off okay. i don't know he's gonna chop his whole five of them off and then, you know and then he goes and plays the the violin mm-hmm. or he's just jamming with the violin and he doesn't have any of his fingers left <laughs> when he he'd sing he'd it. cut him off his right hand too right uh his fiddle hand which is his i think it was actually his left hand no maybe okay i don't know but it was the one that he needs to play the fiddle so he literally is like i'd rather not be able to do this thing i like than talk to you (laughs) yeah (laughs) for an hour a day or whatever yeah um yeah, Brendan Gleeson is the jerk in this situation. I still feel like that. Like, no, I I do too. Heck, like man. in general, it's and even if the donkey was an accident, you killed the donkey. Man. Mm-hmm. That was really sad. That was because the donkey was just kind of a fun little you know presence throughout the movie. I know. Clearly. I was like, let him in the house. He's so cute. Or her, <laughs> I guess, Jenny. Uh, I like the line where he's like, "I won't put my donkey outside when I'm sad. <laughs> when I'm feeling sad." <laughs> 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 um yeah no and the the donkey was just great the when it yeah when it dies it was very sad i mean it's it's akin to like a dog dying essentially like i mean yeah. and when i mean you know and how pat i mean john wick you know yeah when, well spoilers for john wick won the first 10 minutes yeah like, like the thing everyone knows <laughs> from that movie <laughs> like, uh, i mean yeah you have people will go to lengths because of their dogs to avenge their dogs and everything. But yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what I would do if like somehow someone accidentally killed my dog. Yeah. Um, and I like how when he was going to their house or to go to Combs house to burn it down, that the lady, the ghoul, whatever her character's <laughs> name was, was like, you better not do anything that dog. I was like speaking for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you better not hurt this dog. Otherwise, I won't feel bad for you anymore. Thank I did want to mention... It. Oh, speaking of the old lady, I um, I liked her prophecy she gave um, where she was like, you know, someone's going to die in, Le- in uh, any Sharon in the next couple of days or maybe two people or something like that. Like, she wasn't sure. She was like in between one or two. And I mean, I think like... Considering how close Parik was with the donkey, you could say it's like one and a, one and a half kind of like in between that one and two people end up dying because then obviously you have you have Dominic as well. Uh, yeah. So cute. is th- what happened to Dominic? Do we? I know? assume he killed himself. That's what. 
because I was wondering was he the one on the cliff as he's waving goodbye to to um his sister Carrie Condon? I think so or is that I I was like I couldn't I thought it was maybe Brendan Gleeson gonna jump like as he was waving I thought like the figure was gonna disappear and the assumption that was he jumped off I thought it was either Brendan Gleeson and then I thought oh is it the ghoul lady and then I guess it's it's a uh, Dominic I assume I think it's Dominic because uh, because like, she's and, leaving. Well, it, like the scenes leading up to it, I mean, obviously you have the fact that his dad beats him, uh, which is kind of is a thing throughout. But um, then you have the final scene between him and Parik. Like he's he figures out Parik isn't like the nicest guy that he thought he was. Like that Dominic thought he was. He's like, you know, you're not as nice as you think you are. <laughs> like you're doing you're not doing you're doing kind of some selfish things here. And then the immediate like next scene he's in is when Carrie Condon Shaban uh tells him that, you know, there's no future for them together. So yeah. I feel like it's just kinda accumulation of things where he's he, he feels there's nothing really left for him or whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else there is to say about this movie. I honestly didn't know how it was gonna end. I thought maybe and and uh, and uh, them both surviving was interesting. They don't become friends. No, no, and I mean Colin Farrell's still you know somewhat adverse to Dom. Uh, I about to say Dom Gleason, Brendan Gleason, um, just because of. I mean, obviously the donkey and everything, but even apparently burning down his house wasn't enough. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about Irish history, so maybe this is off. But maybe that's like symbolic of, hey, we're still supposed to be together, and you broke away. I Why'd yeah. I, I mean, I think like the Civil War. I mean, it, like throughout the movie, it's pretty like symbolic of just like the tensions happening between the two characters and everything. I mean, you, you occasionally get glimpses and then at the end there, it's as, I mean, Brendan Gleeson even says, Oh, they've stopped firing and Colin Farrell says, well, for how long kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's, it's just kind of an uneasy unsung unsaid truce. They have similar to that civil war. So yeah, I think it's a pretty gosh darn good movie, Holden. I don't know if I have that much left to say about it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, loved it, loved it. Yeah, sweet, awesome. I like how you said it's better the second time. Maybe I'll have to rewatch it again one day. Yeah, it's awesome the second time. I I even watched it on my phone the second time. <laughs> wow, the way it was meant to be seen. The, may, the way it was meant to be seen. Right after you watched Avatar: The Way of Water on yep. your phone. Yep. All right. <laughs> We are going to go into our final segment, so I'm going to ask you to hold in the question, which is, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, what have I done this week? Well, first of all, um, I should just mention, since we talked about it earlier, I have started a rewatch of the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, boy. Um, I only watched the first one, um, just started last night. Kind of the, the Super Bowl ad kind of got me hyped. So <laughs> I, uh, I rewatched the first one and that first, the first one is, is on, it's very funny. It's, I don't think it's nearly as entertaining as the later ones, but it's so easy to laugh at. And there are some just 
gems of lines in that one. Um, <laughs> there's one in particular that I didn't remember from the first time that I cannot say on this uh, on this podcast, but I, it is very funny. Um, but um, yeah, enjoyed it. It's pretty bad, but enjoyable overall. Um, then the oh yeah, on Friday I watched Skinamarink. How was that? I've I've heard very divisive things about it. Yeah, and I'm not sure I'm really going to be able to sway you either way because I think it's it's really pretty good for what it is, um, but it's too long (laughs) i think that is like i feel like that's one of the big complaints with the movie and i think it's just it's like an hour 40 it really does not need to be that long and i don't like i feel like it just needs to be like a short film or even just one of those rare feature length movies that are like 60 65 minutes or whatever just like cut out a good chunk of this because it's it kind of loses your attention after a bit it there are some scenes that are very tense. I was like, there were a few scenes where I was like edge of my seat, like kind of scared. I, I made sure to watch it. All my lights were off. I was alone and I wanted to get like the full experience I could. Um, and it did kind of sweep me in or like, yeah, I was, I got very into it, but you were spooked. I was spooked. I, it was, it was good for what it was. I don't. I think it's. It, I, I keep talking about like accessibility of horror movies with like Knock at the Cabin and Infinity Pool. I think out of those three, least accessible by far. Like just, <laughs> I, I I do not think I can recommend this movie to everyone. Possibly mostly. Like I feel like I have to know you pretty well to recommend it because it's it's a very out there horror movie. Um, if you know it, I guess I didn't even like mention what it is briefly. It's that if you've seen anything about it, it's that horror movie where it's like found footage kind of, but it's all like static shots of like empty rooms in a dark house and it's very liminal looking and kind of it has a, a mixture between like a childhood nightmare and like a creepypasta kind of feel. It's very experimental, um, but it is interesting. It's on Shutter right now. It, I think Shutter has the exclusive streaming rights. So if you want to watch it, go check it out. Nice. Um, other than that, what else did I watch? Oh, um, I didn't mention last week, I but I rewatched the second one this week. Um, I rewatched both Ant-Man movies in prep. Gosh, I was going to do that. I'll have to do that. What, what Does that come out this next week? Yep. God, I see. That's the problem. I have Friday and Monday off, and I will probably see it Thursday, won't we? Probably. Shoot. Well, guess I just won't see those movies. <laughs> Unless you want. I mean, we could wait. I guess. No, that's I okay. I don't need to see them. You'll just tell okay. me what's going on. Yeah, I'll keep you updated. Um, I'll read the Wikipedia or something. Ant Man One was better than I remembered. Um, Ant Man Two was about the same. Um, I think it's really funny that Ant-Man 3 is coming out now because I've been watching that on cinema thing that I keep mentioning every week. And the two main like characters in that series are like good friends with the director 
of the Ant-Man movies and they both have cameos. One has a cameo in the first one. One has a cameo in the second one. I think the guy from the first one is back in this new one. Nice. And technically they're playing their in-universe on cinema characters. So it's just a uh, deep lore connection to this show that nobody watches but me. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, fun movies. I'm excited for Ant-Man 3. Um, oh, uh, Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special came out. Hilarious. So it was so good. I loved it. This is maybe one of my favorite episodes of the show so far. Is I, I you just at a certain point I had to step back and be like this. Like I cannot believe this show exists. Like it's so raunchy and weird for DC. Like all of the stories it tells are so unique. Like nothing you've ever seen in DC before. It's so and like the the climax of this special. Was Could you watch it as a standalone thing? Probably not. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't think you could. Um, but, yeah, very funny. Um, TV shows... I don't think I've really watched much TV this week. I've been watching somewhere on cinema, but that's about it. Um, and then games. Just playing Horizon. I'm almost done. I'm on the final mission... I'll probably do that tonight, actually, and then I just have a few more things to clear up. So probably next week I'll be on a new game. Um, Which will be? I haven't decided yet. I'm kind of scared to make that big decision. I feel like I need to get back to another Kingdom Hearts game, even though I have a lot of more modern games to play, but I have so many of those I also need to catch up on. So I we'll see. We'll see. Might be Kingdom Hearts. Might be something Ghostwire Tokyo. I don't know. So I haven't played Deathloop. I have that. Do you own Ghostwire Tokyo? Yeah, I got it for Christmas. Oh. Huh. Uh, Interesting. You'll have to let me know how it is. Yeah, I will. All Um, right. That's it, Jimmy. What about you? What have you been doing? Uh, Really, uh, TV show-wise, just on the second season of The Mandalorian. Again, just enjoying it a lot more the second time for whatever reason. A lot of my issues have just kind of melted away and i'm really enjoying it uh otherwise movies don't think i've seen anything uh but game wise i was tempted to get hogwarts legacy but then i was like the psvr 2 comes out in like two weeks so i should (laughs) probably just hold off on that and get it on sale so i decided it's a good as good time as any to replay Jedi Fallen Order. So that's what I started doing. Oh, and I forgot how frustrating it is to look at all the maps and that it doesn't <laughs> autosave and how janky some parts of it is. But overall, it's still fun. <laughs> I'm excited to experience those emotions, too. I'm like, Honestly, I forgot how infuriating game. a lot of these little details are in this game. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that maybe that'll be my next game since Jedi Survivor comes out soon. I'm like, why is this still so glitchy and somewhat bad on the on the definitive like PlayStation 5 version? <laughs> the platforming is still like when you have to jump and get your like it is not forgiving at all. It's like you got to hit that sucker right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I mean, hopefully they have the the kind of bumps ironed out in the new one since it looks like kind of more of the same in the new one so i'm hoping if that's the case it's just a cleaner version you know yeah but um yeah it's fun uh i think that's it though holman so 
What do we got next week? Well, next week we have um, the new episode of The Last of Us, episode six. We'll have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, um, which, I mean, especially if you have days off, I think we should do another Oscar movie. Yeah, I'm going to see, uh, I have a, a, a I'm going to see um, Fableman's in two weeks, so not that one. So okay. let's see, what the heck are the, in the in another one, maybe the... Uh, What's the Triangle of Sadness? Maybe that one. I'd be down for that. That's honestly probably the one I'm most looking forward to. So, I'd be I'd be okay for that. Yes, anything that's not Elvis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still determined not to watch Elvis. So it'll be the last one we watch. Maybe we'll review it, but I will just have not seen it and pretend like I watched it. That'd be pretty funny. That'd be good. That'd be like our own on cinema episode. It'd be pretty good. <laughs> All right, Olin. Otherwise, let's take it to the end of the show. All right. Uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. I believe that's it, Jimmy. Awesome. All right. Until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. Yeah.